Figuring out what to make for dinner each week can be so stressful, especially with work and kids and life. That time of day can be miserable and takes everything out of you just to get food on the table. A few years ago, my friends and I actually started a monthly freezer meal party where we gather and we cook freezer meals and then we swap them so we have easy meals ready to go throughout the week or month. This has been such a lifesaver for me and my friends. And honestly, it's become such a joy to just gather with them each month. So getting to talk about freezer meals and community and the importance of the dinner table on the podcast, well, this was an episode I couldn't wait to do. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, a community leader, or just an all-around amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Polly Connor, the co-author of the Thriving Home Blog and From Freezer to Table Freezer Meal Cookbook. I have been following Polly for quite some time, and I was so excited to do this interview. We had the best time chatting and clearly could be best friends in real life, and I really just loved hearing her heart behind the blog and the cookbook and we even talked about internet trolls also be sure to head on over to my instagram at still being molly later today as i'll be giving away a copy of from freezer to table polly and i we laughed we cried we talked about all the things and you're going to love this episode so without further ado on to my conversation with polly hey polly welcome to the show Hey, thanks for having me. I'm I love s- talking with someone that has a rhyming name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Molly and Polly. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've just been so looking forward to having you on the show because I'm just such a huge fan of you and Rachel and everything that you guys are doing. And I have to just, before I, I have you get into telling your story and everything, I have to just tell you. So for those that are listening, obviously you will learn all the amazing things that, that Polly and Rachel are doing with Thriving Home and their cookbook. Um, But one of the reasons that I discovered you guys was actually through my best friend, because for about, I want to say, maybe three and a half years, maybe even coming up on four years, um, my group of friends and I, and actually has grown, and we can talk a little bit more about this later, but we do a monthly freezer meal party. You guys are like on it. Yes. So my- (laughs) You're ahead of us. Yeah. So my, my best friend started it um, and like I said, I want to say it was like 2014 sometime. Oh so it may be coming up on, on four years. And wow. it was just like, hey, you know what? We're all busy moms. We want to be able to, you know, have meals ready for those days when you just right cannot get it together and right. have some freezer meal stock. So why don't we all do this? And so the way we did it, this is the way we do it. And I don't know if, you know, if this is kind of how other people do it, but what we do, well, okay. It's changed a little bit over the years, but when we started, we would all meet at somebody's house. Everybody would bring the ingredients for, um, their, their recipe times Uh four. Uh And then actually we did it times five because we would make five meals of the, our recipe and then we would exchange. And then what we would do is for the fifth meal, we would save that and use it as like a blessing meal to somebody else like so if you come across somebody who like maybe just had a baby or you right. know maybe they're just having a really rough week right. and you, you want to bless dinner them. right yeah. and so we kind of like have that extra one in the yeah. can to take to somebody if they need it and then you leave with you know four plus one um 
freezer meals ready to go. And it just, it grew. And so we had this Facebook group and it's now like spread among other parents in our communities and um, or in our community. And so we've met other moms. And (laughs) the funny thing is, is that, um, the, like last, I guess it was maybe two months ago, um, it, we hosted it at a new friend's house. And again, like every month we kind of have new people come that it's their first month because they hear uh-huh. about it. Uh-huh. And one, one night a woman sent her husband, but like <laughs> no, nobody knew that they were, that they were sending, that this woman was going to be sending her husband. <laughs> so this man just walks in with like High freezer meals. Oh my god! We're all like, uh, "Hi, what? Like, what just happened?" And like, so everybody's just trying to like play it cool, right? right. And the husband's just like, that. "Like, this is no big deal. I'm just showing up to a a room full of women with freezer oh meals." Gosh. Yeah, it was really hilarious. That is so funny. Yeah. Memo, it's a mom thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like there's a there's a there's a lot of um girl talk and wine and LaCroix yeah. and like there's a lot of women's stuff happening. Like this isn't more than just freezer cooking. It's like right. an event. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's not one of those things where we want to be exclusive, but at the same time we're kinda like, you might want to <laughs> tread carefully here, bro. Like <laughs> that would be hilarious it was it was pretty it was pretty intense so I had no clue yes anyway so I just share that with you up front because and and like I said my my best friend actually she pre-ordered y'all's book and has like given it as gifts to everybody um from freezer to table she just she loves it and um so anyway I wanted to say all of that off the bat because that's part of the reason I've just been so excited to talk with you that is so fun so here I am sharing this story right off of the front but I need to hear your story so give us the poly 101 so tell us your story and everything to where you got to where you are today yes so I'll start off with saying I am 50% of thriving home so my partner in crime Rachel had a scheduling conflict and so she's not here with me on the podcast but I represent team thriving home today so Rachel and I have been friends for quite a while and we started our blog thriving home which is thrivinghomeblog.com um, about six years ago. And awesome. so we started it with, uh, you know, kind of the idea of, do we want to, you know, maybe this could turn into a business on the side. Like we still want to be at home and present with our families, but we need to have a supplemental income. And so let's just kind of see what this does. And so, um, you know, we started about six years ago and, um, I'd say it started taking off about two or three years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing we quickly started noticing is that we were getting a lot of, um, web traffic to our freezer meals. So yeah. at that time, Rachel was in a freezer club, which is similar to what it sounds like you all have doing. You do the freezer cooking parties together. Yeah. Um, there's also freezer clubs where you just make the food, the meals on your own. And you get together and exchange rather than cooking that's, together. That's honestly kind of how it's evolved. Right. Mainly that's because what it turns into. <laughs> yeah. Because so many people would come and then there was just like no room in our kitchens. Right. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of what it's more evolved to. Yes, that's kind of usually the progression is people kind of dabble with it. Like, let's do this as, you know, a social thing. And then you're like, all right, let's go serious. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome. Um, So she was part of a freezer meal club at that time and posting a lot of the recipes she was doing. And all of a sudden we noticed like, wow, there's a lot of interest in this. And there must not be much good information out there. Because I think at that time, 
I mean, still now there's just a lot of bad freezer meals. Out yeah. There. Oh yeah. I'm sure you've come across them. Yeah. And so, um, we were pretty particular about the recipes we shared, like they had to be good recipes. And so I think people started to trust us when we would post freezer meal recipes. And anyway, um, we started getting a lot of traffic from that. So about over two years ago, we had our first publisher reach out to us and it was like, Hey, have you ever thought about writing a freezer meal cookbook? We were like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, our, our hearts in this blog, we, you know, do we want to be authors? We had no idea, you yeah. know, like we, that was not our goal was to turn into cookbook authors, but you know, we kind of chewed on the idea for a while and talked to a fellow blogger who had published a book and then ended up getting in touch with a literary agent, which we didn't even know these people existed in the world, but they ended up being our saviors, the process. Yeah. Um, so she kind of walked us through and she's like, you know what? I think this is a great idea. There's not a great resource out there and for this niche and you guys have this following of freezer cooking people. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be a great book. So we pitched the book to some big publishers and you know, two years later we published our first cookbook. So so awesome. Yeah. So the cookbook's called from freezer to table and, um, it came out last September and it's just been such a fun ride. I mean, publishing a book is just, it's a ride. So, and we already contracted for another cookbook that we're working on now. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the story of thriving home to the progression of, publishing a cookbook to, um, our next one will come out. We don't really have a date yet. We're just really kind of in the midst of, of getting all those recipes. And honestly, our publishers switched. So we're actually with Penguin Random House now, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It's the house publisher. So, um, so we're really excited about that. And, um, yeah, so we're just, we're recipe testing like crazy right now, but, um, you know, our, our heart behind, I think you kind of, you kind of tapped into this a little bit, but our heart behind, our cookbook isn't necessarily get your freezer full. Like we, like you said, we're, we're kind of struggling moms with little kids and, um, that dinner time hour is hard. It is you know, so I mean, hard. it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. I mean, you can have the babies, the toddlers, the elementary kids, the high school kids, like every mom is going to be like, ah, like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we're either from four to 7 PM every day is an, is basically it's the witching hours. <laughs> right. Right. And how old are your kids, Molly? Um, four and a half and two. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I, yep. We're in the same stage. Yep. I have a uh, six, four and two year old. Yep. So, oh man, that those times are hard. Um, so I'm in that kind of little kid stage and Rachel's more in the elementary kid stage and yeah. it's still a struggle. I mm-hmm. mean, because you're either out, you know, running kids from activities to activities or trying to get homework done or, you know, just no matter the stage of life, that dinner time, this dinner time struggle is real. And so, um, our heart behind equipping people with the freezer cooking lifestyle was just to kind of free up your time in the evening and to help you be more hands-on wherever you need to be more hands-on or more present. Because I don't know about you, like when I'm cooking a meal from scratch, which I think we all kind of want to do. Like, I think people really want to do that in theory. It's just really hard because it just takes a lot of work and a lot mm-hmm. of planning and a lot of cleanup. Yeah. And so um, it's it just, it's a lifestyle that just frees you up in the evenings that kind of just brings less stress and less cleanup and just helps you be more available to your people. Right. So that's, you know, that's why we love getting this in people's hands and promoting it because we really believe this really helps homes and it really helps moms and it really helps you feed your family healthy food. Yeah. That's not 
from a package in the freezer aisle. Like it's really home cooked and all of our recipes are made with real food ingredients, which is another priority of ours. It's like we want real healthy, good, nutritious foods on people's tables and we want to make it in a way that's doable, you know, and not going to cause more headache because moms don't need more to do, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So that's so cool, though, to hear that you guys have like kind of been ahead of the the train a little bit (laughs) because it seems like the freezer cooking stuff just kind of picked up in the past couple years. So you guys were like in the genesis of it. I know. Yeah. I mean, and all the credit goes to my my best friend, Lindsay. Like she is definitely the one who was the, you know, the brains behind it all. And I don't even know, I I honestly don't know where she got the idea. And it was just coming from a time because she has three littles. And at the time, her twin, so she's got an older daughter and then she's got twins. And at the time, her twins were not even two when we started. And her older daughter was, mm, I guess, four. I can't remember exactly their, their exact age um, uh-huh. I'm like trying to do math in my head real fast and it's, you know, hurting. <laughs> Can't do um, math on the floor. Yeah. And then there I had just my, you know, my one year old uh-huh. and I, you know, we were, we were just talking about how that time of day is just so stressful right. and, you know, especially moms who are dealing with postpartum anxiety or postpartum oh, depression, yeah. like that uh-huh. dinner time can be so stressful. It is. Yeah. And, it really is. Yeah. Or if you're just, if you're a new mom with a newborn those, you know, first six to 12 weeks where adjusting can be so difficult or if you're a working mom and there you are you're trying to go to work you're trying to pick up your kids from daycare or school or wherever and then get home and you're exhausted from the work day right and there you go and you have to make dinner and it's just it's so much and so yeah we just kind of were like well let's give this a try and it turned out to be just such a blessing and you know you know I hosted for a while and then other people would host and Mm -hmm. it's been nice because it's really we've been able to go through seasons of um, you know watching so many of the women who come regularly you know have babies and there we can we take that extra meal and bless them and so like what we always do is for any mom in the group who is pregnant the month Mm -hmm. that they're due they are they are we require them to come to the party but they're not allowed to make anything and oh my gosh all we do, what a blessing and then all we do is we just we just all hand them the meal so sometimes you know those moms can leave with like 12 to 15 meals that oh are frozen oh my gosh that they can, that's amazing yeah and it's it's such a blessing and such a um you know, just something that's so great for new moms. And then, you know, I said, we've, we've done this for, you know, moms who've had surgeries or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And, um, like you said, it just, it really has not only it's brought me, you know, a group of friends that, you know, it's not just standing around cooking or standing around exchanging meals we made on our own. It's, you know, (laughs) standing around and having a glass of wine or a diet Coke or a LaCroix or whatever your drink of choice is and laughing and just getting that time to just relax and and have girlfriend time and right I you know it can get really easy I'd say in this stage of life to let friendships fall by the wayside oh my gosh yes and it's so necessary and I have learned that so much in the past couple of months um, of how necessary real raw honest friendships are and I remember praying for that um, a couple years ago of just like I Mm -hmm. felt like I was in a season where I really, really needed 
good friends. And right. it's so amazing how something like this simple like, freezer <laughs> meal party has has really brought me some of my best friends. <laughs> right. It's kind of an excuse for community. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think especially kind of in those young years where just life is all, you know, is so demanding on yes. you in every way, like physically, mentally, spiritually, yes. you're just all of it's going towards your kids yeah. just because that's just the stage you're in. You just have to. And so it's like friendships for sure get left behind. And so if you aren't carving out space for that, if you aren't even creating an excuse to like gather together in your exhaustion together, yeah. like it's not yes. going to happen. And so yeah. I'm with you. I I had, I really struggled when I went from work to home with my first kiddo. Like I really floundered. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, this was one little outlet for me of like a, just another gathering place of moms of just not to feel alone in it. Just, and it was like silly, but I kind of love, I'm a very, I like, I like efficiency. So I loved the like two birds with one stone, you know, yeah. I'm like I'm spending time with people and I'm also coming home with meals for my family. Exactly. It's the best like efficient time ever. Exactly. Um, but you're right. It does. It's, it's kind of an, it do, it's a double whammy of you're also like, yes, you're, you're creating great, like, um, meals for your family, but you're also like creating a community of people that you just can't help, but start chatting about your families and yes. your experience and your week when you get together regularly. So yeah, the freezer club. So I'm currently in a freezer club now and we've gotten to the point where we, you know, you get together and you, we just all come in and plop on the couch and hang out for 45 minutes, even though it's eight o'clock at night yeah. and everyone's <laughs> tired, you know, it's like, there's nothing to cook. And we always do really is exchange meals in our free in our coolers outside, but we all just want to hang out a little bit. Exactly. So, Exactly. Right. And, so, it's, and it's your husband, your husband will be like, yeah, you can go to that freezer meal party because yes. he gets something out of it. My husband always, every time I come home, he's like, all right, we'll get like, <laughs> he gets yeah. so excited. And then sometimes it's funny too. Like I love my friends and some of them are amazing cooks and others are great cooks, good cooks. Yeah. But it's so funny because some weeks they'll be like, all right, who made that? Ooh, that one's going to be good. Like he knows, he <laughs> know. knows now, like Which who, ones? who are the really good cooks? Right, right. <laughs> and I think it's important to know that you can do this on a lot of different levels. Like Completely. you don't have to have a big party. You don't have to have Completely. a club. Like you can do this with one other person, right. right? So say you have a neighbor and you're like, hey, I just want an excuse to kind of hang out. Like you can get together and just cook four meals together and yeah. go home with your freezer meals. Or you can do it with two friends. Or you can really scale it up as much as you, you know, want to an extent. Like you're also yep. going to be cooking way too much. Um, but, you know, or I mean, a lot of people are like, where do I even start with freezer cooking? But some people are very intimidated by it. They're mm -hmm. like, aren't freezer meals just mushy, beige and boring, you know? Oh. And so, oh, yeah, I know. That's like, well, that's another heartbeat of ours. We're like, no, like it can be fresh. It can be textured. It can be healthy. It can be flavorful, you know? Yeah. So that's, again, in our cookbook, we really only put like home run recipes. We were like, we want to prove the freezer cooking skeptics wrong. Um, so, you know, if you just start small just by doubling a meal, right? Yes. And this, just trying it out. Like just, let's just try this method out. See if my family can get in the groove of using a freezer meal. And then once you kind of get in that groove, okay, let's add a friend to this. How about you make two of that meal and I'll make two of this one. Then let's exchange. Right. You know, so you can scale up if this is intimidating to you or you've written off freezer cooking for life. Like just start small. And then, I mean, you just start moving, you know, just with your lifestyle and with the people around you, you can just scale up as much as you want. Yeah. You get something regular or you can just do parties. I know. I just talked to someone. I don't know if you know Kristen Shell um, yeah. from Turquoise Table. Okay. So she does this as like a ministry with her neighbors. Yes. I thought that was so cool. Like So cool bringing in like neighbors that she doesn't know very well. Like she hosts these cooking parties that they just all do together. And so 
yeah, it's a, it's a really cool um, byproduct of, of cooking. <laughs> Absolutely. And the yeah. other thing I think that is amazing about the heart behind what you guys are doing is, again, not just creating, you know, a great cookbook and having a great blog. Um, but one of the, the things that I've really kind of gleaned from, from Freezer to Table is the heart for, you know, families sitting around the table eating and that important time together, especially with kids. Um, and this is a couple weeks ago I had on the podcast Shane Feldman, who is a um, he is the founder of Count Me In and he's a 23 year old entrepreneur. But basically Count Me In is the world's largest youth run um organization, youth-led organization that is trying to get kids to, um, you know, really participate in their community and give back and all these kinds of things. But mm-hmm. one of the things that he is really passionate about is talking to parents about mm. how, because he's, you know, he's 23, so he's in that between time mm-hmm. of high school mm-hmm. and college and being, uh, you know, a full-fledged, you know, a, right. hu- you know, husband and parent and all that kind of stuff. So he's sort of in that, that middle ground. And his passion is really because he works with so many youth and he's just kind of coming out of that youth time frame. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he loves talking to people about or to parents about that dinner time spent with your kids and right. especially teenagers. Like when your teenagers don't want to <laughs> the tip he gave me was for parents who feel like their kids won't talk to you, sit down at a, t- a dinner together at home and just don't say anything because the, I, he's like, I guarantee you, your teenager is not going to be able to handle the silence and they're going to start talking. And that's I was amazing. just like, that's genius. Like, oh, my gosh. He's like, don't sit there and ask them questions. Don't ask uh-huh. them about their day. Like, if they don't want to talk, they don't want to talk. But I guarantee you, you you leave it purely silent long enough. They're going right. to start talking. Right. And, you know, for for me and my family, like with young kids, even as crazy as dinner time is, and sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like bargaining with my children to eat. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that dinner time hour is so important, and sitting together as a family, because, like you said, you know, when you when your kids get start to get a little older, and you're running to activities, and you've got work, and you've mm-hmm. got this mm-hmm. church event, or that youth group mm-hmm. event, or this sporting event, whatever dinner time falls by the wayside a lot. And well, and even, you know, I mean, statistics have shown that children who eat together regularly do better in almost every way, like socially, emotionally, physically, like there's just something so powerful about gathering together around the table. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Oh my gosh. In our stage of life, it always ends in a timeout. I'm not joking. Me too. (laughs) Me too. I'm so glad I'm not alone. (laughs) Like, I think people imagine like Rachel and I having these like wholesome family dinners because we're these bloggers to cook our meals at home. It's like, oh my gosh, like every dinner is like tears because yes. someone's like thrown food or gotten down from the table or, yep. you know, spilled a glass of milk. Preach, <laughs> Preach Polly. <laughs> I, I think at our stage, it's just, you have to just think, okay, routine. You know what I mean? Yes. The goal is routine, not like... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> not a wholesome conversation. We attempt, yes. you know, we, we actually just, um, we, we have a new product. I'm not trying to make a pitch on this. I'll mm-hmm. give them away to your people. Um, <laughs> we have table talk cards that Ooh. are questions. So we've made them by age too. We have preschool versions like elementary and teens and tweens. And so we have these table talk questions, which maybe if you're trying to get your team to talk this, <laughs> Yes, what you just said, but for the preschool and elementary, they're fun. They've been fun. So it's at least like one 
routine thing we try to do, but I'm telling you, it always ends in like mayhem. So, yes. you know, if, if you're like that out there, do not fear. You are not alone yes, in the mayhem I, dinners. <laughs> yes. I think we put my son in timeout like three times at dinner last night. Like, and then my, and then, and then at one point, I'm not kidding. My four-year-old put my two-year-old in timeout. Like my, <laughs> my daughter was like, Amos, you need to go into timeout. And like, <laughs> So he just like gets up off of the bench and like slumps over to the stairs. (laughs) Listen, that's pretty impressive. It was hilarious. My husband and I looked at each other. We were like, what is going on here? I do. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the small steps right now. Routine is the small step that we are trying to establish. Exactly. We can like all sit and like face each other for five minutes. It's a win. Grace. (laughs) Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Like, I, yes. Lord knows I need a little extra of it right now. And so do my right. kids. Like, bless them. But, and right. then, of course, like, my four-year-old is, like, the kid who, if she sees a speck of green in her food, <laughs> oh, she's dear. like, Mommy, what, what is this? And I'm like, I'm like, it's pepper. It's it's pepper. It's nothing. Uh, mommy, mommy, is this oh broccoli God. or like is this a vegetable? And I'm like, eat it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Your body's starved for it. <laughs> oh. oh no, that it, that is again, yeah. One of our one of our heartbeats behind this book is just that kind of aiming towards more time together yeah. around the table. And so, you know, I found that like when I have stuff in the freezer or have a meal that I don't have to do much prep, I'm much less inclined to eat out, right? Yes, or yeah. to just like scavenge like whatever's in the pantry. It's like it really if you do have something that's just easily available, like, yeah, you for sure are going to gather around that more than you would if you're just grabbing Chick-fil-A on the way home. Right. (laughs) Or just eating cheese and crackers for dinner, which we have never done. Oh, yeah. No, never. Totally. (laughs) Totally. My, My husband has to travel for work periodically. And so sometimes, like, I'll be, you know... I'll be home with the kids by myself for dinner. And I'm like, here's a bagel and a bowl of yogurt. Like, oh, yeah, I'm like protein. We got yeah, it. That's fine. All. It's fine. We got all food groups. We got whole grains. We got dairy here. Here. Oh, uh, yeah, eat, no, eat this carrot. Definitely. You'll have your vegetables. Like, It'll be good. You know what? You're feeding your kids. They are. They're going to go to bed. Yeah. Not hungry. So <laughs> sometimes you get got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You got to do so. what you got to do. I know you're loving this chat with Polly, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show, who is able to help make this show possible, and that's Causebox. As you know, Causebox is one of my favorite ethical subscription boxes, as I've been a subscriber for over two and a half years. How it works is each season, a new box is released filled with everything from accessories, home goods, and jewelry to the best in skincare and wellness products that are not only amazing, but they also deliver the most good. And each box delivers incredible value with a guarantee of over $150 worth of products for only $54.95. Or if you use the coupon code MOLLY, that's M-O-L-L-Y, you get $15 off. The products are not just beautiful, they're also useful. Now, the spring box is sold out, but do not be dismayed because the summer box is releasing soon and the sneak peeks that the cause box have been releasing have been amazing. I cannot wait to see everything that's inside. As you know, the impact of each cause box is what I love the most and in my opinion makes the whole membership even more worth it. Their spring box, for example, employed more than 600 artisans under fair trade conditions in India and Kenya. And it put 100 young girls in India through school. To reserve your summer cause box, and I know this one is going to sell out, got to go to stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox and use that coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. That's stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY at checkout. Now back to my conversation with Polly. 
I want to go back a little bit because, you know, before you launched Thriving Home with Rachel, um, what was your state? You know, you started your blog about six years ago and you said you have a six year old. So I'm assuming you started the blog right around the time you had your first child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, you know, even before Thriving Home, I actually had a like personal blog just as a hobby. I think like. This is weird. I think I was blogging before blogging even happened. Like I would, you know, this is going to be foreign to the millennials, but I journaled. (laughs) I had a live journal. Do you remember what live journal is? Oh, (gasps) live journal was like the emo online journal slash blog before it was called a blog from like the early to mid 2000s. Yeah, that's yeah. It was like a lot of I've, I've said this before on the on the podcast, but like mine was basically a lot of like dashboard confessional and Dave Matthews lyrics like <laughs> talking about my you feelings. You were so deep. Was so deep. It's like talking about my feelings. It was great. Profound thoughts. <laughs> yeah. No, I was there. Mine just wasn't online. I have like, I can't even bring myself to throw them away, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope my kids never go through oh, these, but yes. I just can't throw them away. I have yeah. like 30 journals in the basement that oh, yeah. maybe upon my death, they will go through them at some yeah. point. <laughs> Yeah, but I won't throw them away. But no, I for sure, you know, was like, I always really enjoyed writing and creating. And just I think I was just kind of born to do that. And so when blogging did come on the scene, I started my blog, it was called like learn and go or something, you know, cheesy like that. But um, and that that was more of like a mom blog, a crafting kind of creating, I really got into like repurposing furniture and thrifting and all that. So I would just kind of share about that stuff along with just kind of mom stuff. And then meanwhile, Rachel had her own personal blog, it was called healthy refuge at that time and she was um her son was diagnosed with Crohn's disease Mm. at very young at like two years old um so she really was going down the route of like healthy eating and um real foods and just kind of her eyes were open kind of to the food industry and at that point all that stuff really hadn't surfaced yet and so she was starting to read more you know write a lot about her recipes and discoveries on food and all that. And so again, we were kind of like, we would kind of guest post for each other and kind of had our own little blogs going. And so, um, then that's, you know, we just had the idea of like, we should just start one together. Like, what would that be like? And so that's kind of how that, how it formulated was we had our own separate little things and we, you know, just did it for hobby because we liked it and it was fun. So that way there was nothing to lose for us. It was like, you know what, if we take this adventure and it doesn't go anywhere, we lost nothing because we had fun doing it. We were using our hobbies. We were, you know, using our creativity and that we just needed that in that stage. And so, you know, in that stage of life too, I had just had my first daughter and, and kind of like I mentioned earlier, it, <laughs> the, the transition from work to home was like slightly traumatic for me. It was, yeah. I had no idea how much I really valued being in the workplace and that acknowledgement and that be, you know, feeling important all of a sudden. Yeah. And my daughter, you know, in retrospect was a very tough baby. Like she had acid reflux, was not sleeping, Oof. was not eating well. Like it was, she was a really, really tough baby. And I was not very relaxed. I was very much trying to do this schedule thing that was not working. So I totally floundered as a new mom. I write about it a lot on the blog. So if you are one of those moms, just go to Thriving Home and find the stuff. I like try to like share encouragement of things that helped me during that time. But yeah. uh, I totally floundered as a new mom and just kind of limped my way through this first couple of years. Um, and I, you know, and I love, I really enjoy being authentic about that because I just found so little of that when I was in that stage. I was mm-hmm. like, I need someone else who's struggling and I can't find it anywhere. Like I just, I, it was just really hard for me to find, to really, 
find someone that was going through that same road. And so I felt even more isolated. I was like, am I the only mom that struggles? Like, am I the only one that doesn't like, like this? Like what is wrong with me? You know? And so I, I, I really, I really hope to be someone that is authentic enough to make people feel safe and not alone when they're really struggle in motherhood. And, you know, we continue to struggle. I mean, now my second child, he was diagnosed with ADHD, Mm -hmm. um, a couple, like about six months ago. And we've, again, it's like, that's a whole different battle. It's like, Oh my gosh, he's been a hard, hard kid. You know, we just love, love him to death, but he's been so hard in a different way. And so, um, again, I just, I really value, authenticity. I can't say that word being authentic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, re- I really do value that and, um, want to share about that as much as I can just to, cause I know when, gosh, when you share something vulnerable like that, people come out of the woodwork. They They're really like do. me too. You know, they really like, do. I'm so glad you said this because I'm, I haven't been, you know, brave enough to do it yet, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, that's another, just kind of one thing I love about blogging is like, I just, it's like, I know these people are out there. Let's just, let's all be together in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that has been sort of my my same heart, you know, and mm-hmm. I relate to that in so many ways because mm-hmm. kind of like you were saying, like I was blogging before blogging was a thing. And <laughs> yeah. and I remember the first time that I, I realized like, oh, there's people other than my dad and my sister reading this. Hey. And it was, you know, at a very different time in my life when I really was not I was as far away from the Lord as one could be. I hmm. was broke. I was in a new st- living in a new state. I had just gotten out of a bad relationship. <laughs> I was working four jobs because I was in so much debt. And I just started sharing that. And all of a oh sudden, gosh. people were just like, me too, me too. Or I've gone yeah. through this or I've been through something like this. And, you know, that was 2009, 2010. And, you know, it's, I, I've really tried to keep, that at the heart of what I right. do, you know, right. on my blog and on social media. And it's it's gotten hard because over the years, you know, as I've gotten, you know, I, I really got saved and then I got married and then I started having kids. And, you know, here right. in the last few months, I've learned even more. Um, I lost um, our third pregnancy at 16 and a half weeks. Um, Saw that. At the beginning so of, sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, but it was, I mean, it has legitimately been one of the hardest things I have ever walked through in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And I was terrified, but like the thing is, is that, so we posted our pregnancy announcement video when I was 14 weeks Mm. um, towards the end of January. And it kind of went like not viral, but like, I mean, Mm. it had like probably 40 to 50,000 views between all of the outlets that I posted it on. Right. And so here I am two weeks later and I go in for my routine checkup to find out that we oh. lost the baby. And it was, oh my gosh, it was awful. And I just remember sitting there at home <sighs> and my husband looked at me and he's like, you know, are you, you know, we're just, we're going to get through this. And I just said, how do I tell the internet? Like, right. And it sounds so, but like for people that no, are bloggers that. don't understand, but all of a sudden, like now I have 30 to 50,000 people that yeah. just found out I'm pregnant. And here two weeks later, <sighs> You know, I'm four months pregnant and I don't know what to do. And oh, my gosh. So I just I just wrote and I've like you said, I've always been a writer. Writing is therapeutic for me. And so I just sat down and I just wrote exactly as raw and ugly as it was. I wrote it was on my heart and I published it and I ran like I just was like I hit publish. I know that feeling. Run. Yes. I was like, I can't handle the comments right now. I can't handle the emails, like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, my best friend was like, you go back and read it when you're ready. 
And, but the, I mean, thousands of emails and comments and messages I got from people of like, I lost a baby at 20 weeks or I lost a baby in the third trimester. I lost a baby at 16 and a half weeks like you, or I lost a baby at six weeks or, you know, I lost a baby after birth. I mean, like the community of women that came out of the woodworks to share their stories with me was both, I would say it was a combination of both incredibly encouraging and also gut-wrenching. Right. Because oh my gosh. here I was like walking through my mess. Right. And then I'm also like reading other people's messes and I'm already right. like an emotional wreck. Right. But, you know, um, and even kind of like talking about what I was saying earlier with just like the need for community. Like I learned what the online community can be and I learned what my real life community can be like between, mm-hmm. you know, my best friends from church who are also part of the freezer meal group, like they came and picked up my other kids and like brought meals and brought flowers and brought all these kinds of things. And for somebody who is, people always think I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually extremely introverted. Um, For, for somebody who's an introvert to be able to just sit back and accept help like that was really hard. Right. Um, But it was also so necessary. Right. For me. And like, God's way of loving on you through those people, you know, it's like tangible, like, I love you here. I'm going to send this person to bring this to you, or I'm going to send this story to you. You know, it's just tangible expressions of his love through his people. It really was. And yeah, I just, I share all that just to say that I echo like the importance of, I I think, you know, in this day and age, um, you know, social media and blogging can, yes, like there is a lot of darkness on the internet, but I also believe wholeheartedly that we can especially as as Christians and as moms and as women like we can and we should redeem technology and redeem social media and redeem the internet for something good and I think that so much good can come out of it and sometimes it it almost discourages me when I see people Mm. say like oh there's too much negativity on this I'm leaving Mm -hmm. like I'm quitting blogging I'm quitting quitting Mm -hmm. social media and I just Mm -hmm. go no because you are one positive voice right that is now no longer there like don't I yeah yeah I don't know about you Molly it's been I feel like the the more your following grows, the harder it is to be authentic. Yes. I, I have found this. It was very easy when there were only 100 page views, right? Mm-hmm. But when yep. you start getting 10,000 page views on a post, you're like, and then and then you get you get trolls. You get yes. people that are, you know, that are just negative and and I feel like it's hard for a blogger to be authentic because when you are, you you get attacked a little bit. Yep. You know what I mean? When you put yourself out there, the bigger you are, the more negative feedback because people just feel like they can just come down on you because of because you're a blogger or because you put it out there and so it's hard I feel like I feel like more and more people are getting chased back into being fake a little bit Mm -hmm. because when you do put something out there you're struggling with you get these comments well at least you have kids you know or or like you know or you should be thankful for that not complaining about it or there's just these things that it's just uh, yes I I I I see that, but do I have to nuance every single thing I say that I feel? Yeah. You know, that's what yes. that's what the struggle is for bloggers, I think, is that why there is so much filteredness out there because mm-hmm. people who do pull back the mask, it's it's vulnerable. It and really you is. you know what I mean, it's hard and you get people who aren't kind. And and that's hard. You're it's amazing how you will pay attention to the one negative comment mm-hmm. above a hundred positive ones. Yeah. I, I I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like that that's hard. 
I mean, it's crazy. It is you so hard. You're, we're, we're still people. You know, I think people just don't realize, like, oh, you actually are a person sitting there reading these comments and being affected by them. Like, yes. people just don't realize that. People so, do not at all. It's a fight. It's a fight. And so, I, you know, I hope you keep doing it because I know I've been encouraged by the stuff I've read from you. And I'm almost even more empowered right now. I'm like, oh, I want to go write, like, about what's really going yes. on, you know? So I think, pe- I think you're right. I think people really are starved for authenticity. Mm-hmm. I really think they are. And so when they find it in someone, they're just drawn to it because yes. like this is a real person. I identify with that. I'm glad I'm not alone. So and you're agree. right. I think people need that online. They need that in their lives everywhere. I so, so agree. You it's know, hard though. Oh, it is hard on the other end of it to com- be that person. Completely. So I mean, man, for you to be so brave to share your story like that. Oh, it was yeah. Oh. I, and it's funny. I don't feel brave, but, but I, know. I know. I yeah, know. But yeah, I know. But on, on from the other end, I see it. Oh, thank I see you. It. Thank you. You know, I mean, that's bold. That's brave. And like, you have no idea how far that's going to reach. Thank you. You know, thank no you. idea how many people that's going to reach. And then those from those people, that's going to spread, you know, like, yeah. I mean, so, the whole time I just keep have I, I've just kept saying to myself, like, it, this is not my story. It's God's story. And I'm just sharing it. And like, I, that, I don't want that to sound like for for you know, any listener who is not a Christian or, you know, is not a believer, like, that's okay. And I just want you to hear my heart. Like, I'm just trying to share as honestly as I can. And, um, but man, that is tough. Uh, You know, I was listening to um, Jen Hatmaker's podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she had John Christon, the comedian, who I Mm -hmm. just is like the funny, he's so freaking funny. I love him so much. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his videos. He's pretty great. He is hilarious. (laughs) And it's so funny because he's like, he said that uh, he's at that point in his life where he's like not a celebrity but he's more he's so well recognized at this point that people be like who's John Christ oh that guy from the videos like with the thing um but he, they had a really interesting conversation towards the end of the episode um where they were talking about you know how you know they'll put themselves out there like you know you put you put yourself out there as an author or a comedian where you're like read my book or read my blog or you know come see my comedy show and you're opening yourself up to criticism and John actually shared pretty honestly that with his counselor um shared with him cuz i guess early on in his career and when he started to really get internet famous you know people would would say really negative comments and he said oh, you know a negative that. comment yeah. would just ruin my day or my week or my right. month. Yeah. And his counselor said, if you're going to respond to that one negative comment, I need you to first go back and respond to all the other 10,000 positive comments. <laughs> and that's he, awesome. He was like, oh, that's real. But that that's has awesome. actually been really helpful for me. And that's one of those things that I've, I've tried to, to say to myself too, is like, I cannot, and this is really hard in the moment, but I cannot let the one negative comment or two negative comments outweigh or give right. more weight to the hundreds or thousands other right. encouraging right. comments I've gotten. Right. You can't, you just, you can't because yeah, it yeah. will, you're giving that person, that troll power. Right. You are. Yeah. And it's. No, I love that. That's ugh, great. It's so tough. And it's, it's, it's not like you're trained to do this. No. Like people who start to gain a following, no one gives you training no. on how to handle this no. stuff. No. It's not like, I'm, maybe when you're like a real celebrity, like they have these like PR people are like, okay, here's how to handle, you know, like criticism. Like, no, like we're just moms at home. Like yes. what the heck? Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's no handbook on how to handle a negative book review. Or exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or someone who's mad at your story about your kid. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I have to ask this question. Um, yeah. What is the 
funniest because you know you guys share on your blog obviously you share uh you know lots of freezer meals and and you know things like that what is one of like the weirdest or funniest troll comments you've ever gotten is there one that like sticks out in your <laughs> yes. head yes there is one so and I really thought because every blogger brother. has this <laughs> I really thought I'm still not convinced it's not like a family member like messing with us um but okay so one of our most popular recipes is our chicken parmesan casserole Ooh. okay so it gets like millions of views it's ridiculous how popular this thing has gotten uh, but we got this comment and they didn't leave a name but their email was like food chef something so I really think someone made up an email to leave this comment oh I'm but sure pretty much you know like in any pretty much in any blog post you kind of cast the story of the recipe right you like why you made it, why why we like it, right. any tips on it, and then you give you the recipe at the bottom. That's almost every food blogger's format, right? Right, you exactly. Need to pass the so anyway, we get a comment that said, um, <laughs> next time post your recipe, ne- what did it say? It said, post your recipe at the top. No one wants to read about your lame family. <laughs> <laughs> had the best laugh over that and then I thought for sure it was like my brother and my brother-in-law who are both jokesters and like they still deny it I'm still not convinced but even if if it's not I mean still it's great I mean it's just hilarious that someone would like leave no one wants to read about your lame your lame family (laughs) one time um so I do a lot of style posts and I'm on the curvy side I'm a size 14 um and one time somebody commented that like the particular outfit I was wearing that I looked like a sad sausage (laughs) I'm not kidding but I wanted to be I just at first like I was offended and then I was like what does that even mean what does that what does that mean? What's oh, a sad sausage look like? At it. Like what the image was, of a sad sausage. Oh yeah, all. literally. I no, my I told my husband and we both just laughed because I I oh, legitimately was like my gosh. I don't I don't understand. And then one time I had somebody come to my blog for a pizza recipe and mm-hmm. um they commented on it and it was like I was coming to this blog for a pizza recipe, but then I saw you follow Jesus, so I'm never coming back. <laughs> Like, all right. I was like, all right, enjoy your pizza recipe. Like, I don't know what you want me to say, dude. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we do. Because our blog is um, primarily kind of a food blog. We call ourselves food and lifestyle. But, you know, if you read, if you really read us, you know that we're like, like devout Christians. Right. Um, But yeah, we do get a lot of people. We do get a lot of non-Christians on our blog. And we do try to be sensitive to that. Like, we aren't a Christian devotional blog. But we, you know what I mean? But we for sure want to express the heart behind why we post recipes and why we post food and all that. But yeah, we for sure get a lot of people being like, (laughs) you know, the the coming against Christianity stuff. We're like, (laughs) you just want to be like, you need to relax, dude. Like, (laughs) it's tempting to write back because you're like, oh, man, maybe this is an opportunity. You've been like, oh, who has ever been one to Christ? through comments on a blog post right like who has ever like their heart has been broken over a social media saved in a facebook debate no not one person point like you know i'm like i will pray for you but like we are not going to engage on facebook comments yes completely oh my goodness um i also have to ask you know since your book has come out and this whole kind of freezer meal thing has really become so popular and and so 
it's like you said, it's getting more women together to cook. It's getting more families together at the table. Um, what is one of the things that maybe has surprised you through the process of writing this book? Um, and since it came out, is there been something that surprised you or maybe just something that has been uh, really encouraging to you or maybe, you know, feedback that you've gotten? You know, what's something mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't expect that has really come out of all of this? Okay, so two things come to mind. And so just so people know, she didn't give me these questions ahead of time. I'm really thinking on the fly here. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so first one, I still remember the the moments of like the day it released, like seeing pictures on social media Aww. of our book in other people's homes. Yeah. And my heart would kind of drop. Like I would just have all of a sudden this moment of insecurity of like, oh my gosh, this is real. Like yeah. people are actually going to cook our recipes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are they going to like it? Are they going to, you know? So I, I don't think you like people realize the like intensity the author feels when you realize, and maybe it's just the first time book. I don't know how we'll feel with the second one, but just that like nervousness of like, oh, I see this on your counter. Like this is happening. You right. know what I mean? So right. I think that kind of shock of like the reality of your book publishing, that was like, I didn't expect that. I kind of just thought it would be cruise control. And so there was like this nervousness the moment it released. Um, so that was like one surprise thing about, I think kind of publishing the book and like, and there still is this like, oh, I love the book. I pass it on to my friends. I'm like, oh, Oh, I hope they like it. You know, yeah. what I mean, like we are, we are very confident about what we put out there. We really are, but still, there's always that like every time it's introduced to a new home, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm infiltrating their home, yes. and are they going to like me or not? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I have a little corner on their bookshelf. Like, am I going to be important to them or not? It's just weird. Yeah. Um. So I think that's kind of one thing that that I didn't expect as an author of just that like you know, we're, we're actually part of people's lives. And it's funny to like have people feel like they kind of know you, you know, like, like they know about our kids and know about our family stories and that the kind of like, again, we are for sure not celebrity status or name close to that. But like, you know, in Columbia, like someone will stop me at the store and be like, okay, I just have to tell you, I follow you. I've made your recipe last night. You know, just that stuff, like the, the random stops that we get from people. It's really fun. Um, so that's one, that's kind of one positive thing. Um, you know, something that's come out with, um, cookbook recipe testing is, <laughs> this is going to sound bad. Um, but it is really hard to make a good recipe. Okay. So I think, so we're writing this cook, our next cookbook is, um, from freezer to cooker. So we're, we're developing recipes that can be made in the slow cooker and the instant pot. Okay. Mm. Oh man. The information out there is like, there are so many bad recipes on the internet. I have come to a point where I'm just like a skeptic of almost every food blog because I'm like, I know you wrote that and I know you probably tried it one time and those directions may not be right because I know how many mistakes we've made and had to go back and correct recipes. And then even like after meticulously testing, like how long to cook chicken breast in the slow cooker, like I'm telling you right now, it only needs to cook about three hours. Like we have tested that dang temperature so many times for like, why do so many bloggers and even sometimes books out there say cook these for six to eight hours? No, no, no. Like yeah. you're majorly overcooking your chicken. It's three hours. And so like now I'm like, oh my God, I, I have a hard time trusting other recipe developers now yeah. because I see how easy it is to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I see, you know, just people just kind of trust the information out there rather than their own like testing. Right. So it's made me a little bit like skeptical of like other people's recipes. For sure. 
I don't know. That's like kind of negative, but I'm like, no, like I, you know, just like the cooking times for slow cooker. Like most people are way off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Oh, for I'm not sure. Saying we we, behold, we hold the only truth, but like, like we, we we're going by the internal temperature of food, and it's like, no, it's done. Like at three hours, you don't yeah. need to cook like chicken for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, having done freezer meals for you know almost four years now, I still have no. I mean, like, and I got an instant pot I still don't know what I'm doing like most yeah. of the time like I I still am just like I'm guessing I don't know I mean yeah. they come out delicious but I it's yeah. completely a guessing game it's so. pot's real tricky right now because there's just no great solid resource out no, there like in no. the in the information is all over the place and it's the like, manual that comes with the instant oh, pot it's worthless <laughs> it is worthless. worthless I have like f- tried to follow like certain things I will like look at the manual for a suggested cooking time and try it and it'll be either be way overcooked or nowhere near done. And I'm like, what? Like we, yeah, we found that no one has really tackled the, the freezer cooking in the instant pot space. No. And so we have like nothing to go on. Cause a lot of times we'll like start somewhere and then go from there. But like, no, there's no good information. No. So we really are like, feel like we're kind of pioneering that space and we're learning. We really are learning tricks, um, on how to make a freezer meal for the instant pot because we've made lots of failures. Um, so we're, we're getting there. It's going to be like an awesome cookbook when it comes out but this has been a hard one to write it's been really hard well just, i can just say i'm real excited about it <laughs> good. Hopefully it'll be good. so i we won't put stuff in there unless we know it's good but it's been it's been a, like a lot of failed recipes yes oh i can only imagine oh <laughs> like God. i said we are all amateurs in my little freezer meal cooking group right. and i can right. just tell you that we we all mess up all the time so <laughs> well that's part of it but yeah. hopefully we can like cut the mistakes out for a lot of people and yes. just let us let us just tell you what to do because we've made it. all the mistakes getting here I so. love it. oh my gosh Polly this has been so much fun and I could seriously talk to you all day long um, but know. we've gotten to the my favorite part of the show where we get to transition a little bit I mean I've gotten to know you pretty well I feel but I get to ask you just a couple of fun questions oh to get to know yeah, you even for these Molly yes hey <laughs> hey that's why I don't send questions in advance because ah. <laughs> okay. I like oh, I like so to get the real raw answers <laughs> Um, and this is also the portion of the, my show, as the listeners know, where my amazing husband, who is my executive producer, um, inserts a fun sound effect to transition us to the get to know you round. And I never know what the sound effect is going to be. It's different oh every gosh. week. Um, and he he's on a movie quote kick right now. So like he'll like do a clip from a movie. So who knows what movie he's going to pick for this. But I love it. it will be fun. You know how come the chicken crossed the road, huh? Uh, ready to run away from them Cajuns. I'll tell you right now, because Cajuns will eat most anything, and they love to cook chicken. They love to eat chicken. That's for true. I'll tell you that right now. Today, I'm going to cook you some chicken gumbo with andouille in it. That's a sausage that's a, that we make in Louisiana just for making gumbo. It's a gumbo sausage. It's spelled A-N-D-O-U-I-L-L-E, andouille. Anybody know how to spell that? I guarantee you. All right. So for I wanted to do a couple um, topical questions for you. Do okay. you have, and I know this could be a very difficult question, do you have a favorite go-to freezer meal? Um, yes. Uh, it depends on the season, though. Can I just say that? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. That's fine. Yeah. So right now, my favorite go-to is our killer carnitas. It Ooh. is. It's in our cookbook. Um, it's 
It's slow cooker. It's easy to make. It's still flavorful. Feeds a ton. Makes a lot of leftovers, and it's delicious. Killer mm. carnitas. <laughs> My mouth is watering. It's so good. Gonna be making that this week. I'm making it this week. We are. We're having three college guys over. My nice. husband's in college ministry, and so we're having three college guys. I'm like, what is gonna feed three college guys? Ah, <gasps> the carnitas. Killer, killer so, carnitas. Yes. Now, do you have a tried and true, like kid friendly recipe that you love to go to, or do your kids kind of love them all? Um, no, they definitely don't love them all. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're like, we've, we've created all of our recipes to be family friendly, but you know, kids, they yeah. like, it depends on the mood of the hour. The green it's speck. Like, the green speck. Right. Yeah. It's like one day they'll think it's like the bomb and the next day they think they're eating their boogers. Like, right. it's just, you know, like they're yeah. just, they're fickle beasts. So, um, let's see my tried and true kid one. Would probably, you know, any breakfast one they always mm. go for. And I'm not above doing breakfast for dinner a yeah. lot. Like we do our oatmeal pancakes all the time. Mm. And so, um, and they're healthy. You know, I mean, they they have a good oats in them. They have whole wheat flour. So that's always a good one. I throw some like fruit and maybe like some yogurt on the side. And it's nice. like a great meal for them. So nice. that's always um, our baked oatmeals too. My kids always go for the baked oatmeal. Um, so as far as like dinner that are home runs, Oh gosh, what's oh okay? Here's a good one. Um, the the ham and Swiss paninis in our cookbook. Ooh. So they kind of have that um, brown sugar reduced glaze in mm. them. So it kind of adds the sweetness. Nice. Um, so it's a yeah, it's a panini that they just they love those. That so, sounds delicious. Yeah, it's and it's really easy. I mean, it's ham and Swiss, and you like press it down a bun. And, you know, and you just make this really easy brown sugar kind of soy saucy glaze and and drizzle it over them. And yeah, they always go for that. That sounds so. really good. All right. So since you're working on a cookbook for this right now, do you prefer the Instant Pot or a slow cooker? And do you call it a slow cooker or a crock pot? I call it a slow cooker okay. just because crock pot's actually like a brand, brand. name. Yeah, like and Kleenex, so for our cookbook, you know, like yeah. Kleenex versus for tissue. our cookbook, we have to use, say, slow cooker. Right. Um, but I do, I know that they're totally interchangeable. Um, I'd say still at this point, I do prefer the slow cooker. Um, I, I do love the benefits of the instant pot being quick and like you could do a freezer meal from frozen in a matter of like, it'll be done from start to finish in like 30 minutes, which kind of blows my mind as a freezer cooking like guru. Um, because you know, you, you have to thaw most meals before you cook them. So I do love that last minute aspect of the instant pot, but I just, I think there's just something about the slow cooker that can yield just like moisture, you know, better results, like more flavor, more, you know, I feel like the meat gets more tender. It's just a little more predictable, Mm -hmm. I think. So instant pot's tricky because you can't really see what's going on. Yes, that's my my beef with it. It's hard. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I hope it goes well. I can't stop it if it's overcooking. So, um, So there's for sure benefits the instant pot, especially for like the working mom that comes home. I need a meal and like, done in an hour stack, you know? Right. So I get that. And sometimes the slow cooker, like, just won't work for that. There's a lot of recipes only need to cook for three hours, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'd say I still lean towards my slow cooker if I plan ahead enough and have it cook all day. No, that so. makes sense. Uh, are you by any chance a This Is Us fan? Yes. <laughs> so did you see the holi- yes. spoiler alert for people who say. don't watch I it? This know is what you're going to say. <laughs> did you see the crockpot response to the This Is Us that episode? Yes. <laughs> Whoever works on crockpot's marketing team is a freaking genius. Oh like gosh. the fact that they were a- actually able to get Milo Ventimiglia to do a like – 
it's hashtag like crock crockpot is not responsible or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like crockpots, it, it's not crockpot's fault. Like I died. I was laughing. I probably threatened to like sue them or yeah. something. Like, hey, here's the deal. We're gonna, so like, this is gonna be real bad for us unless you like reverse this. It was genius. Yeah. So if you're if you're listening and you're not a This Is Us fan, hey, you know what? You'll catch we didn't up. Ruin it. We didn't say anything. Yeah. We just said it's something about a crock something pot. Something about a crock pot. And yeah, it was but the crock honestly, Crockpot's response was the funniest thing about it. Like I and then the fact that they got Milo to do that like little online commercial. I just <laughs> I, I really bet there was something in there. They were like, You have to do this yeah. for us. <laughs> So good. Knowing like, how businesses work, it was probably like, hey, we're going to make this funny, but this is not funny. Yeah. <laughs> do this or we will sue you. Um, yeah, really. <laughs> okay. What is one kitchen product like or kitchen utensil for when you're preparing your freezer meals that you cannot live without? Mm, a good knife. Ooh. Okay. Do you have like a particular brand you're more favorable to? We do. Um, we actually, Rachel wrote a blog post about it. Um, I'm trying to like frantically look it up right now. Um, it's it's on our blog. So yeah. if you search like chef knife on our blog, you can find it. Okay. But, um, and it's not that expensive. Um, seriously, I'm like looking it up to make sure so I can get it right. Um, it's not that expensive. And we for sure, um, yeah, I can't find it right now. You just have to look for it. That's okay. Uh, we, we also really... Um, abide by America's test kitchen. <laughs> we really, really, the, have you heard of America's test? Yeah. Kitchen? You know that? Okay. Right. So they just meticulously test everything. I mean, that's their job. So like from, you know, kitchen products to recipes to the best way to make a chocolate chip cookie. I mean, they just test everything. So a lot of times we, we do take their advice and I think it's the knife that they recommend as well. So, but a good knife, because man, if you just have a dull knife or one that's cheap, it's like, ugh, I hate cutting with like something that's going to squish my tomatoes or yeah. not slice through, you know, potato easily. Or yeah. so I'd say a good knife is like key to any kitchen. <laughs> I like it. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, and lastly, if we were to hook up your Spotify playlist to, to the show or what's like, what do you love to listen to while you cook? I think that I, I'm so behind the times. I don't have a Spotify playlist. Or like or like um, Pandora Station or, okay. or uh, yes. I don't know, tape. Uh, record. <laughs> okay. No, I don't do records. I don't do tapes. No, I'm just saying I, I have, I use Alexa. Oh yeah. No. Hear so you're actually her. ahead of the uh, time. <laughs> I don't have an Alexa. So Alexa and I hang out while I cook. Um, okay. I, <laughs> I love show tunes. So I, um, I was, I was on a Hamilton kick for a while. Oh, yes. So, I mean, on my Instagram stories, you would like see me, I would seriously have Hamilton playing in the background as I would cook. Um, and then right now it's the greatest showman mm. soundtrack. Um, because maybe my kids love that. And so that's just kind of, a, I just like peppy, like things I can sing along with and, um, kind of have a story to them. So I do, yeah, I'd say kind of the show tunes are kind of my cooking music. Um, Sometimes I just ask her to play Gen X radio because I was a child of the 90s and I really like the yes. music I grew up with. So I'll do Gen X radio. And then, you know, sometimes I'll just do like the praise and worship station just because I like that step too. And yeah. sometimes it's the witching hour and I need some Jesus need some in my Jesus life. So, life. yes, yes. <laughs> so I yeah. love it. Those are probably the ones that would show up on my Spotify playlist if I had one. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, you're like I said, you're actually ahead of me because I don't have an Alexa or anything like that. So I like have to always turn on my don't, TV. No, what? don't get it. Your kids just scream at it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I heard that the one of the investors of the Alexa is a parent, and he thought it was genius because he didn't want to keep having to answer all the questions from his kid. <laughs> 
because we are in a question stage right now. Like my my four year old like asks uh-huh. questions and like I don't know the answer to ninety eight percent of them because she she'll be like, "Mommy, why do cars have to turn left or right?" Or like, "Mommy, how do the cars turn on?" Or "How was a car built?" Or "Who builds cars?" Or "Why is there paint on the road?" I mean, like she just like expands into 700 questions and I'm like I I don't know and like I get to the end and then sometimes I'll look at her and I'll go baby I love you (laughs) mommy has no more answers like I cannot answer any more questions oh my gosh so he directs his kids to ask to ask Alexa he'll just be like ask Alexa I can't I like (laughs) oh my gosh no I actually haven't I haven't used that side of her too much so we we need to start going there that's great the more you know know. (laughs) you just helped me with something major here so that's great oh so much fun Polly this has been a blast it has been. Let's chat again soon. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for coming on the show and for sharing all about Thriving Home and From Freezer to Table and uh, just everything that you and Rachel are doing. Y'all are amazing. And um, for the listeners, I will, as always, have um, Polly and Rachel's information and where you can get their book um, on um, online and you know in bookstores and all of that. I will have all of it in the show notes. So thank you so much, Polly. Thanks. How many of you went on to order Polly and Rachel's book during our chat or just bookmarked their blog? Goodness, I love them so much. And Polly was such a joy to chat with. Being able to just be real with someone and talk about the struggles of life and why a simple thing like gathering around the table for a meal can be so impactful was awesome. Don't forget to visit my Instagram for the From Freezer to Table book giveaway, and I will have all of Polly's information in the show notes. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Cosbox. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash Cosbox and use that coupon code Molly for $15 off. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome to the show. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show really does help me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose podcast or tag me at Still Being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose. Purpose.